Welcome to Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God podcast, an in-depth study of the Word of God. The program's name is from Romans 12, 2, which says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Welcome and welcome back to Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God podcast, where we are taking a verse-by-verse, chapter-by-chapter look at the Word of God, which is only found in the Bible. We are in the New Testament, specifically chapter, we'll be starting a new chapter, chapter 11, where we're going to look at where Jesus raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. In our last episode, we finished chapter 10, and in that episode, we saw where the religious leaders at that time tried to kill Jesus, stone him to death in the Jewish temple, of all places in the temple, the most sacred building there was during that time for the Jewish community. But they were prepared to stone Jesus to death because they, he dare book their system of authority because they were jealous and envious that the people were listening and following Jesus. And so they felt threatened and they were going to attempt to kill him right there in the temple. But Jesus escaped. We're not told how he escaped, but we know he escaped because it was not the father's appointed time for him to go to that cross and die for our sins. That day is going to come, but it was not going to be on that day. And so we pick up the story in this episode. Jesus is going to learn that his friend Lazarus is dying And on the course of getting to where his friend is, Lazarus, he does die. And Jesus goes there and show the awesome power, his awesome power, and to once again prove to the people that he was who he said he was, the Messiah. And he raises Lazarus from the dead. Now, I don't believe we're going to get to that in this the actual raising of Lazarus in this episode because there's going to be a lot, lot going on that we're going to have to tackle before Lazarus is raised from the dead. And I try to keep these episodes not too long. And so we're going to cover this deep, I think it's around verse in the 30s. And so we're going to cover verses 1 through 27. So that's a lot to cover. And I, wanna, I don't want these episodes to go too long. So we're actually not going to see or get to the part where Lazarus is raised from the dead but if you're familiar with the word of God you know that's going to happen and if you're new to the word of God I'm telling you that's going to happen and though and so we'll pick up where Lazarus actually is raised from the dead in the next episode and continue in the word of God all right now I apologize in advance if my voice is a little scratchy or hoarse I've been dealing with allergies as of late Um, the room I'm in has air and it seems like when I'm in a room a, a smaller room with air I get stuffy and get the coughing, so hopefully I'm, I have a, took some cough suppressant, so hopefully I won't be doing too much coughing during the course of the broadcast, but that's the reason why 
I sound maybe a little hoarse or my voice is scratchy. And also, uh, we took a unplanned break from the latter part or in the latter part of May. It was unplanned. Life got hectic and I could not uh, record like I would normally would. So we're going to get back on track in this podcast as well as the God Revelation podcast where we're winding that down. And the next podcast, uh, the God Revelation podcast, is that's where we're studying the the book of Revelation, the final or the last book in the Bible where the revelation is the second coming of Jesus Christ to this earth as king to establish his kingdom that will last forever. And we're winding that down. Actually, the next episode is the time of this recording. We're going to look at where Jesus actually returns to the earth in victory. But that's in the God Revelation podcast. And eventually, my prayer is to, there's a third podcast, the Holy Spirit podcast, which I have been totally lacking on. My prayer is once we finish up the God Revelation podcast, because once we finish with the God Revelation podcast, excuse me, once we finish the book of Revelation, that's going to be it for that podcast unless God put something else on my heart to do something with prophecy. That'll be it for that podcast, and then that would free up some more time to study and prepare for the Holy Spirit podcast because I don't want to rush it. I don't. I want to make sure I properly understand it. I want to make sure um, that I'm properly teaching the Word of God. And so, uh, as I said before, I have a full-time job and a double-time family. So sometimes time can be tight. But once we finish up the God Revelation podcast, is my prayer that that'll free up time to start dedicating the time, the proper time that's needed to better study and research and teach the word, what the word of God has to say about the Holy Spirit. But in this podcast, we're taking a verse by verse, chapter by chapter, look at the word of God, specifically in the New Testament. And we're still in the book of John. And we have been so for the past over a year and a half now. And I don't know how long we're going to be in it. We're going to be in it until such time as we finish it. The Lord says the same. And so we're in, if you have not already done so, open up your Bible or your Bible app to chapter 11 of the book of John. That's chapter 11 of the book of John. And what we're going to do in our normal sense, we're going to read verses 1 through 27. That's the verses we plan on covering. We're going to pray and then we're going to come back and break them down individually. So let's start. Again, this, these verses are going to be about Jesus Raising Lazarus from the dead. Verse number one. Now a man named Lazarus was sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus. Lord, the one you love is sick. Verse number four. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. Now, Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick and he stayed, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judah. Verse number eight. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews tried to stone you and yet you're going back. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? 
Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Verse number 11. After he said this, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, he will get better. Jesus had been speaking of his death, but his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Verse number 14. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Verse number 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to, com- to com- comfort them and their loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Verse number 21. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Verse number 23. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Martha answered, I know he will rise again in the resurrection at the last day. Verse number 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? Verse number 27. Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God, who is to come into the world. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus, we just lift you up. We exalt thee. You're wonderful. You're magnificent. You are a holy, righteous God. We thank you that you're our God. We thank you for your only begotten son, Jesus, who we're studying about in his word, who is the word. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for being our Lord, our Savior, our God. We thank you for forgiving our sins. We thank you for sending back the Holy Spirit to guide and comfort us. Father God, as we spend this time in your word, we ask that you open up our minds, our ears, and our hearts to better receive and understand your word and apply it in our lives. And that it may do what you have set forth it to do in our lives. We give you thanks and we give you honor. And all this we pray in your son's name. Amen. All right. So let's go back to verse number one and start breaking it down. Verse number one, which says, now a man named Lazarus was sick and he was in Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. They live in Bethany, which is only two miles from Jerusalem. Because remember when after the religious leaders of that time tried to stoned Jesus to death, he fled Jerusalem to get away from them. And so he's outside of the city of Jerusalem. And so is these individuals, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Two miles, at least Martha and Mary and Lazarus are two miles from Jerusalem. Lazarus, Martha, and Mary are friends of Jesus, as we're going to see. And despite sharing the same name, the Lazarus that we're going to read about 
in chapter 11 that Jesus is going to resurrect is not the same person that Jesus mentioned in the parable of Lazarus and the rich man that you will find in Luke chapter 16, verses 19 through 31. These are two different individuals. All right. Moving on to verse number two. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. She is described as the one who anointed Jesus with the precious oil on at least one or possibly two occasions that you find in Mark 14 and Mark and John 12. Luke described a likely prostitute who did something similar in Luke chapter 7 verses 36 through 50. That happened at the home of a Pharisees. Mary's anointing occurred at the home of Simon, the leper, and possibly also at her home. So Lazarus' sister is not the same woman who anointed Jesus's and Luke's story. So these are two different Marys. All right. Moving on to verse number three. So the brothers, so the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is sick. They live in Bethany who is only two miles from Jerusalem. But Jesus is in Bethabar, a town some 20 miles from where Lazarus, Martha, and Mary were. So a fast-moving messenger could cover the distance in less than one day. And the reason why I say that a fast-moving messenger, when Jesus sent word, when, excuse me, when Martha and Mary sent word to Jesus that Lazarus was sick. They didn't pick up the telephone. They didn't send a text message. They didn't send an email. They didn't have those things. So someone had to leave where they were to take the message to where Jesus was for him to know that. And so they had to walk. There was no buses. There were no cars. There was no Uber. You had to walk or you had a, a donkey or a horse. And most people couldn't afford donkeys or horses. So People walked everywhere they went. But we know, given the distance of those cities, that was a less than one day walk. So the messenger who Mary and Martha sent to tell Jesus that Lazarus was sick, it probably took him less than a day to get there to tell him that message. And then Jesus had to walk there himself, which would have taken him down another day or less than a day to see them. All right, moving on to verse number four. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. No, it is for the it is for God's glory said so that God's son may be glorified through it. Jesus sent this messenger back with a comforting reply, implying that Lazarus illness won't lead to death. Lazarus resurrection will give glory to Jesus and God the father. And the reason why I said he sent back with a comforting reply because Jesus, it doesn't say he said this to the messenger, but Jesus said this to the messenger to take back to the sisters. Because think about it. If the sisters sent a messenger to Jesus, naturally, they were expecting a message back from the messenger in addition to Jesus. So Jesus sent him on the way to tell Mary because he knew his intent. As we're going to see, he's not going to leave immediately to go where Lazarus is. So he sent the messenger back to tell them, hey, this sickness will not end in death move on to verse number five now jesus loved martha and her sister and lazarus this connection explained why the sisters would have sent an urgent message to jesus when lazarus was ill and also they had to know what jesus was 
they had to know where Jesus was. So they were close enough to Jesus to know where he was at that time to better send a messenger to him to tell him to tell Jesus what was going on with Lazarus. And we're going to take verse number six and seven together out of John chapter 11. So when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. Verse number seven. And then he said to his disciples, let us go back to Judah. Jesus's decision to wait two more days was probably taken by the disciples to mean he had no plans to return to Bethany at all. What they don't realize is that Jesus is acting out is acting out the promise given to given in his response to Mary and Martha. That is, this event was going to showcase God's glory. Jesus knew by the time that that messenger was going to get back that Lazarus was going to be dead. And everybody's going to know Lazarus was dead. So when Jesus come to resurrect him, there would be no question what happened. This was not a fraud. This was not a fake. He was dead. And Jesus raised him from the dead. And he's going to get glory for that. God the Father is going to get glory for that. By the time Jesus arrives where Lazarus is, there will be absolutely zero doubt that Lazarus is entirely, completely, and undoubtedly dead. And his resurrection is a miracle, another miracle in a series of miracles to show that he was the Messiah because no one else could have done that. In Lazarus case, many Jewish peoples considered the fourth day to be when the soul was considered truly gone. So in other words, it was strategic on Jesus's part to rate those four days so Particularly the Jewish leaders couldn't say, well, the soul wasn't completely gone, so maybe it came back and Lazarus came back to death. Jesus knew all this. He was Jewish. He was familiar with the customs. He was familiar with what they believed. And so he made these decisions. So there would be absolutely no doubt what he was going to do was from God and was a miracle to prove who he was. All right, move on to verse number eight. But Rabbi, they said, a short while ago, the Jews there tried to stone you. And yet you're going back. The disciples can't understand why Jesus would walk back into hostile territory because he's going to go through Jerusalem. And he know these Pharisees and they know these Pharisees are out to kill him. They try to kill him in the church in, in, a, in essence. The Jewish temple is similar to our Christian church. They try to kill him in church. And these were the religious leaders now. That's been like the pastors trying to kill somebody in the church. And so they were scared. So from their perspective, this was a suicide mission because they knew that the Pharisees had people watching out for Jesus because they wanted Jesus. They put the word out. If you associate with Jesus, we're going to uh, excommunicate you from the temple. We're going to kick you out the temple. If you see him, let us know. We'll probably pay you some money. They wanted Jesus bad, and the people knew this, and his disciples knew this. So that's why they're questioning, you really going to go back through that territory? Moving on to verse number nine. Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daylight will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. And for the sake of continuity, we're going to look at verse 10. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. Here, Jesus contrasts the idea of those who walk according to the knowledge of God as walking in the day with those who ignore or rebel against God walking in the day since that light allowed a person to travel safely 
walking at night or in the night, the lack of light present danger. A person cannot see the path or obstacles or hazards that lie before them. In short, Jesus is reminding his disciples that following God is always the safest course of action. Even when the world sees it as foolish or dangerous. Now, that is not to say that following, following God's will keeps a Christian from all possible harm. Quite the opposite, because obedience to Christ can result in persecution and death as we see presently and always from in, in the past leading up to now. Rather, it means that God is in control and our most beneficial choice is to follow his lead and he will provide as much, as much protection as his will requires. So even though his disciples are scared to go back through Jerusalem, if he say go and then that's the will, that's what we ought to do and that's what they're going to do. Because he's the light, the truth, and the life. All right, moving on to verse number 11. And we're going to read verse 12 for, for the sake of continuity. After he had said this, he went on to tell them, Our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I am going there to wake him up. His disciples replied, Lord, if he sleeps, will he get better? It's clear that the disciples misunderstand Jesus' spiritual message. In other words, when Jesus says that Lazarus has fallen asleep, he is telling them that Lazarus is dead. But when they hear he has fallen asleep, they think he has physically fallen asleep and thus getting rest and will get better. As usual, they don't understand what Jesus is talking about. This is common in Jesus' interaction with others during his earthly ministry, as we've seen before. Many of his statements and pronouncements are only fully understood with the benefit of hindsight and the influence of the Holy Spirit. But Jesus is telling them that Lazarus is dead, but he's going to resurrect him. Amen. All right, and we're going to read verses 13, 14, and 15 together for the sake of continuity. Verse 13, Jesus had been speaking of his death. But his disciples thought he meant natural sleep. Verse 14. So then he told them plainly, Lazarus is dead. Verse 15. And for your sake, I'm glad I was not there so that you may believe. But let us go to him. Jesus notes that this is a good thing, at least as it as least as it applies to the disciples. This will become another example to strengthen their faith in Jesus because as they're walking with Jesus and they're observing these things, they're still human beings. And I don't think they fully understand who Jesus was and what he was capable of, even though they've witnessed the miracles themselves. But the miracle that is about to happen is the seventh and the most spectacular of those recorded in this gospel. That's John's gospel. The function of all these miracles that John has been telling us about are signs that point towards an important truth that Jesus is God incarnate and following his mission from God the Father. Verse number 16. Then Thomas, also known as Didymus, said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. This is the same Thomas as we, you often may hear as doubting Thomas who doubted 
Jesus's actual resurrection that we're going to read about in John chapter 20. He seems com- seemed to be convinced that this is a suicide mission because when he said, and we will die with him, he is still thinking about those Pharisees who are waiting on them to go through Jerusalem or in that area to kill Jesus. And think about this. And they said, let us also go that we may die with him. Thomas thought, and I'm sure those other disciples thought, if they will kill Jesus, they will also kill us. They were not going to stop at just Jesus. So it was not like they were just going, oh, they just want Jesus. No, if they'll kill Jesus, we as his friends and followers, they'll kill us too. So we see that in that statement when we say we may die with him. So he thought this was a suicide mission for all of them. All right, moving on to verse number 17. On his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. And when we say in the tomb that he's been buried, he's dead and been buried for four days. The timeline explained in this verse sheds light on what happened in the prior passage. Jesus was about a day's journey from where Lazarus was when the messenger was sent telling him that Jesus was ill, which we saw back in verse number three. He then wait two days before leaving. And we saw in verse number six and arrived when Lazarus had been in had been dead and buried for four days. Thus, given a one day walk to Bethany, Lazarus had died before the messenger even got to Jesus in the first place. So based upon this time frame, when the messenger told Jesus that Lazarus was ill, he actually was dead. So when Christ sent back his encouraging message, which we saw about in verse number four, he did so knowing that his friend was already dead. Jesus already knew this. That means his message came to Lazarus' sister, After they had already buried their brother. So in other words, Jesus knew when he was sending the messenger back to tell him. To tell them. That Lazarus sickness would not lead to death. By the time he got back to tell them that Lazarus was already dead and buried. But he knew what he was going to do. That he was going to raise him from the dead. He was going to bring him back to life. Moving on to verse number 18. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. Verse 19 for continuity. We're going to read verses 18, 19, 20, and 21 for continuity. And 22. Verses 18 through 22 for continuity. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem. And many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to, to comfort them and the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him. But Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said to Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Verse number 22. But I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. Martha knows about Jesus's history of healing. She knows these things and believe if Jesus was there, he could have healed her brother. But even now, she is showing signs of faith in Jesus and his relationship to God the Father. In that even after her brother's death, if Jesus just made a request to God the Father, that God would raise him 
that God would bring him back to life. She may be in a roundabout way asking Jesus to bring Lazarus back to life. We see in these verses. Moving on to verse number 23. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again and he will. But as we will see in the next verse, Martha didn't understand what Jesus meant. Since Jesus didn't come right out and say he was going to bring Lazarus back to life. As we're going to see in that next verse in her response to that in verse number 24, which says, Martha answered, I know he will rise again and the resurrection at the last day. And we're going to read verse number 24 and 24. Excuse me, 25 and 26. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Verse number 26. And whoever lives by believing in me will never die. Do you believe this? He asked Martha. Jesus is telling Martha and us and you that resurrection and life are not mere doctrine. But in reality, a person, him, Jesus, is the resurrection. Jesus is life. We also see Jesus once again use the I am phrase, referring to himself as God, as we talked about from Exodus. Jesus tells Martha that those who place their faith in him will have life which cannot be taken away. And would exist beyond the death of the physical body. Then we see Jesus ask her. Do she believe in him? Verse number 27. Her response. Yes, Lord, she replied. I believe that you are the Messiah, the son of God, who is to come into the world. Martha tell Jesus. Yes, I believe in you. She's willing to put her trust and faith in Jesus, even even while she's grieving the loss of her brother, which she knows at that time could have been prevented if Jesus was there. Now she know that Jesus is God and he's going to show that as he's already shown him many times before by raising her brother from the dead. And we're going to pick up with that in the next episode and continue thereafter. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you are God. We thank you because of your only begotten son, Jesus. We can have everlasting life even when this physical body perish. We shall live on. We thank you for that free gift of salvation we thank you lord jesus that you obeyed the father even unto death that we could have an opportunity to have eternal life with you have our sins forgiven and have eternal life we thank you for that we praise you for that we honor and glorify you for that hallelujah to your great name we thank you for this time in your word we thank you for all listeners, Father, interceding on their behalf for their needs. We thank you that you know our needs. We thank you that you're providing all our needs, that you're our provider, our peace, our love, our joy. We thank you that you're our God. 
we thank you. In Jesus' holy name. Now, if you're listening to this and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, have confessed him as your Lord and Savior, now is your time. Right now. Don't miss your opportunity because it may never come again because in the next five minutes, anything could happen. We take life for granted that the next day we'll be here and the next day we'll be here and the next moment we'll be here. And that's not that's no guarantee. People are dying every day, all day. And you never know when that's going to be you. No one plans to die. No one wake up and say, I'm going to die today. And it just happens. And if that should happen to you, can you say with confidence when this physical body dies, no matter how it dies, whether it's a slow death or a sudden death, that you know in that transition, when you open your eyes, that you will be in the presence of an almighty God, knowing he's welcoming you home. Can you say that and believe that? And if you can't say this prayer with me, if you feel something in your heart by listening to the word of God, which he says that if you believe in me, you will have an eternal life. If you believe that, say this prayer with me. Someone is listening to this and you feel it in your spirit, you feel it in your heart. Because he's changed your heart from a heart of stone to flesh. Say this after me. Confess it right now. Father God, I am a sinner. I have rebelled and sinned against you. But you have provided your only begotten son, Jesus, to take away my sin by the sacrifice of his life for mine. I believe that and I confess that. I, I call on the name of Jesus as my Lord and Savior. Lord Jesus, I confess and believe you as my Lord and my savior forgive my sins in your name amen and amen and if you believe that and you said that you are a new creature regardless of how you feel you may not feel like a new creature but you are because the word of God says you are not brother Arnold but the word of God Old things have passed away and behold the new. You are a new creature. You're a new spirit, a born again, the born again experience. That's mean you're born of the spirit now into God's righteous, godly family. He has forgiven your sins. You're now an heir and joint heir with Jesus. And you now have eternal life, even once this physical body dies, because it's going to die unless unless. Jesus returns before you die. This body is going to die, but you're the real man, the spirit man, this new man that he's just created. will live on. And then when Jesus returned to this earth a second time to establish his eternal kingdom on this earth. Your resurrected, your body, the body that's going to go into the grave. is going to come out of that grave. It's going to be a, a new body glorified that's going to be reunited with the spirit man that will live forever so when you die as a believer the eternal life doesn't begin there the eternal life begins now when you ever you confess jesus christ as your lord and savior you became a new creature spiritually that spirit new spirit man is going to live forever so it then the eternal life we often think well it happens when the physical body dies. now it happens it's happened already it's in you already 
And even when this physical body die, that new spirit man lives on. With God. But then there's going to be one day where, again, the physical body will be changed in the twinkling of an eye to a glorified body. And the spirit man, we reunite with that. That's how it goes. And it's in the word of God. It's just not me. This is what the word of God tells us. So that's what you have looking forward to. As I always encourage you to do, to continue to read God's word, because that's where he is, who he show who he is. Pray to your heavenly father, because it's important to have a relationship. And how you do that is talking with him, because he's real. He is real. As you know by now, God is real. Have a conversation with him. He knows everything anyway. The conversation is more so for us. There's nothing you can tell God that he doesn't already know about you. Nothing. He knows things that you haven't already done. So your conversation is not for his benefit. It's for your benefit. For my benefit. For our benefit. Also, I encourage you to pray about joining a church home. That's not a church building per se, but the church is within us, a group of local true believers who believe in Jesus, the Bible, the God of the Bible, Jesus of the Bible, not a God of our imagination, not God who we want him to be, not God who the world tell tell us who he is, but the God of the Bible, of his word, a local congregation to pray about joining a local congregation, getting plugged in there. And the reason why a congregation to get plugged in to a local congregation, the reason why I say that because they're Many false churches out there, they have the label Christian church, but their farthest thing is from it. They're the farthest thing from it. And so we have to be very careful about that these days. And so you should ask your heavenly father, where should you go? And he'll direct you. It may not happen overnight. You know, patience is the key. But if you earnestly seek him and diligently seek him, he will, he will find you. He will guide you. He loves you. He loved you so much that he was sent his only begotten son to not only die. I think we missed the part where before his death, Jesus was humiliated. He was beaten. Then he was killed. We skip over the humiliation and the, and the beating that he took. They plucked out his beard. They put a thorns on his head as roses and we think about these lost small thorns these things were inches thick that they pressed down and head. they beat him the bible said they beat him to the point he wouldn't even be recognized as a man spat upon insulted that's what they did to him and then they killed him he took all that for us for you for me out of love I thank him. Thank you for you. Thank you for that, Father, that we may have a chance to have our sins forgiven, which are many, to have eternal life with you. Thank you. In Jesus' holy name, until next time, may God bless you. Amen. We pray that this Bible study has blessed you. If you have a prayer request, you can email it to renewyourmindm at gmail.com or mail it to P.O. Box 721143, Jackson, Mississippi, 39272. Remember, you can hear current and past episodes at any time on our website of RenewYourMindMinistries.org or on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Alexa, Audible, and Google Podcasts. 
We encourage you to tell others about the program and share our website of RenewYourMindMinistries.org. Jesus says in Mark 16, 15, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. By telling others about the program, you are doing your part to spread the gospel into all the world about our Lord and Savior, Jesus. Until next time, this has been Renewing Your Mind with the Word of God.